Welcome to another episode of The Tragedy of Time. I'm your host, Derek Bewley Bowles. And I cannot sleep. It's 2 a.m. Um, sorry, it's oh, April, April 17th. Because it's the same day as the Ben Askren Jake Paul fight which has been strange that I've been dreaming about it lately I keep going back and forth on who I believe is going to win that fight for any of you that don't know anything about fighting it's basically I don't know if you guys have heard of the guy uh, Jake Paul YouTube star uh, I guess he was an actor on the Disney Channel. Uh, he's gotten really into boxing. He's had a few celebrity kind of kind of celebrity boxing matches. Hasn't really fought anyone though. Of hasn't fought any real boxers though. Anyone with any real experience. And then there's Ben Askren, who is a former mixed martial arts fighter, which is like, he fought in the UFC briefly, but he was a wrestler, an Olympic wrestler, and uh, known to have very terrible striking. So, Jake Paul is fighting um, somebody who's been in a lot of fights but hardly ever used striking, which is punches, kicks, uh, knees, elbows, any of that. He's basic, He just basically would take his opponents down. That's how he would... And he was very good, very effective at it, but the question is, can he actually last... In a boxing fight with Jake Paul, who is he's more explosive, more athletic. I would say for sure he's got to be a better boxer than Ben. The only thing that Ben has is he's been in a lot of fights. Um, I feel like his mental toughness has got is probably leaps ahead of Jake Paul's, but. You can be mentally strong and still get the crap kicked out of you. But I, I had a dream. I don't know why I'm dreaming about this fight. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm interested in what's going to happen. I guess must be why I'm dreaming about it. But the one fight, or the one fight, the one dream, I had Ben Askren, the wrestling guy, knocked out the YouTuber, Jake Paul, in the first round. And then I had another dream last night where... Again, Ben Askren won, and this YouTuber was crying and stuff. And it, it was so weird, so seems so random that I'm dreaming about this. Like so much going on. Well, in a sense, there's a lot going on in my life, and also in a sense, there's not a lot going on in my life. Really trying. 
Well, I don't know if I'm really trying. I need to be doing this podcast regularly. I've been really, really severely depressed. And, uh, really, really severely anxious as well. And it's, it's the same thing that's been going on for the past seven and a half years, coming up to eight. Of just just my health issues and um, and just some of my symptoms and the way that I'm feeling overall getting worse and I don't know how this I don't know how this story ends. Like, I mean, I know that eventually every single one of us is going to have to face death. And, uh, that's something we cannot, we cannot stop. I wrote, um, I've still been writing a little bit, some rap, uh, some poetry, not near to where I would like to be, but it's it's very difficult for me to do the things I know I should be doing when I feel so physically unwell. I mean, it's it's just harder to do anything when you feel very physically unwell. I mean, if you've got a really bad flu or something, is this is how I would try to for people that aren't don't have chronic health issues like when you when you get really sick and with a cold or a flu and then you've got to like whatever it is, go to work or um, just and, and whatever it is, go out and do go out and grocery shop, which obviously now during COVID you wouldn't do if you felt like that. But go go to school, whatever it is that you have to do, it's a lot more difficult. Sometimes you don't do those things. You wait until you feel better, but when it's chronic you just have to find when you feel maybe somewhat all right and you just you just kind of got to do it and i i know i still there's there's things that i just should be doing like recovery related things and uh physical related and spiritual spiritual related things that I should be doing that I've just let I've let my pain and illness be an excuse to some degree and to some degree it's somewhat legitimate like well it's it's like legitimate in the fact that I'm truly suffering and it makes things a lot more difficult but it's not legitimate in the fact that I still know that I, I should be doing these things I just, I've been trying to comprehend the suffering in this world, trying to make sense of it and trying to make sense of death, which 
just seems like it's, especially with social media, I mean, I've got over 800 friends on Facebook, and whenever somebody, whether it's somebody that they know or somebody they know of, like a celebrity or a musician of some sort or um, somebody that was in the public eye or somebody that somebody knew personally, they always post about rest in peace, you know, like, it just seems like, it, it just, I, I don't know, it's mind-boggling to me how how short this life is and it makes me feel a sense of desperation that like man we've got to be we've got to be doing our best to be doing our best and i know i'm not doing my best and i know that gives me Far greater anxiety trying to live this life, especially believing that I may not have much time left on this earth. I hope that I'm wrong. Uh, I hope that I still have a lot of time left. But I know my body to a, to a degree, and I know humans are capable of suffering through tremendous tremendously awful situations and survive but I also know that like the way things are feeling I mean it's hard to say how much worse they can get um, before a doctor says oh something is truly wrong with you we're gonna try to do something or my body just shuts down because there's something so wrong with it that that's it. That being said, like so so with that with feeling that way, it's like it makes it feels like it all the terrible things as as I am somebody who's in recovery from alcoholism and drug addiction it makes the terrible, truly terrible and evil things I did while in my addiction and, and the truly terrible and evil things I've done outside of my addiction just feel so much more amplified because I always had this belief that I was going to get a time of redemption that this illness, this pain, this suffering that I'm going through is, um, I guess, some form of punishment or like whether it's directly from God or just, or it's just, or it's, it's from the devil or it's, it's just the consequences to actions, you know, I've always believed had this, I guess, this hope or this belief that I'll suffer for a certain period of time, physically, I'm talking, and then something's going to get figured out physically, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to have my physical health back, 
the way I want it to, or at least better, so I can function a lot better. And then when I get there, I'll have I'll be able to redeem all the terrible things I've done by doing good things and doing what I believe God's telling me to do and helping other people and sharing my story of my my addiction and where my my addiction and mental health issues led me and um, my my connection to God and how how great a relationship with him can be and try to give people who are suffering and in, in a dark place like I was try to give them some light you know like talk about Jesus and talk about my experiences with him and my experiences with um, what I believe is the Holy Spirit and um, some religious terms I know but talk about my experiences with recovery and what things have helped me to stay sober and what things I did that caused me to go back out and drink and use drugs again and the near-death experiences that I've had and um, the experiences I've had with drug and alcohol withdrawal, the things that I've seen, the spiritual experiences that I've had when going through drug and alcohol withdrawals, and, like being in, being in a church after a bender and having almost auditory and visual hallucinations to the point where I'm speculating if I'm even alive any longer or if I'm in um, some form of hell as I beg God from the depths of my spirit not to let me be in that place anymore. I mean... This life is crazy. I'm constantly contemplating, what are we doing here? What is the purpose to this existence? Am, am, I, am I bringing something to the table for this earth, for humanity? Or have I just been someone who just takes? Have I just been a thief who's rob my my parents of the potential joys that they could have had watching us their son grow up to do something with his life and build a family and have grandchildren and the brother that I could have been um, where I could have been healthy and I could have I could have had just times of physical training with my brother and, and 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 some of my friends and truly truly tried to unlock the potential that I have to be a martial artist and the people in my life that I trained with for that and the people just people in my life that have inspired me to do different things with with rap and with battle rap and with music like what 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 could I what could I bring to the table man like if I'm really healthy and have I I wonder have I robbed this world of the good that I could have offered it and 
just because because I didn't listen to God when he told me not to go back to using drugs and alcohol. And I know that even if I... If my best case scenario, my health gets figured out right away and I'm healthy again and I can live a life, I still, in a sense, kind of lost like eight years. I mean, I've done some good in those eight years, but I've also done a lot of wrong and 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 a lot of things that I truly, from the bottom of my heart, regret and that I'm disgusted about myself for. And um, it talks about in AA, there's these um, promises that are supposed to come true if you work the program of recovery. Um, and there's a line, it's along the lines of, you will not wish to shut the past. Um, or close the door on it. I, I, basically, you won't regret the past, the the things you did in your addiction. You'll no longer regret because you'll see that there was a greater purpose to them. And I think if if I had my health a hundred percent, or even just better, I could see how I would agree with that. I could see how because even feeling very, very unwell all the time, I realize how precious this life is and how precious every moment is with your, with the people that you love. But I feel like I'm almost disassociated in the moments when I'm with my family. I'm trying to think, you know, like this, this could be the last time I ever see them or ever, ever get to have this experience and and I'm so caught in my head about the weight with the weight of what that what that means, and I, I'm often just so silent. Um, I just don't feel that I I fit in amongst especially my family, um, amongst my friends. I can feel like that too, but. Heck, amongst everybody, I can feel like that. And there is some truth to that, but there's also a lot more I think I probably have in common with people than I give myself credit or recognition for. It's just like, when you've been in in a, in a in an addiction in a real addiction whether it be alcohol or drugs and mine was both um sex uh, i'm sure you can get there with other addictions like food um anorexia bulimia i mean you you name the addiction um or disorder uh, eating disorder whatever you want to whatever it is that you're dealing with um you You have a different understanding of how dark um, a human being can get. Like there's just, and it's strange because within um, the fellowship of 
I don't, I don't fully understand, um, if I'm supposed to be talking about, there's, there's like, a, there's anonymity within the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, so, um, I would never share anybody's name or anything, anything like that. I don't even know technically if I'm supposed to share that I've had experiences within these 12-step-based programs. Um, there's a tradition. I don't fully understand the tradition. Maybe that's something I, I should talk to somebody about, but... Well, but, but, but I'm I'm going to talk about this anyways. Basically, there's a step where you write down the things you're ashamed of, and then you get it out to another human being. And for such a long time, there was just no way I would do that. There was just things in my life that I'd done that I was so deeply and ashamed of. I just felt like I would have rather have died than then spoken those things out loud to another human being because they were so dark and they were so evil and I've shared those things with other human beings and they often say that I'm being too hard on myself and that and they ask why why do I believe that the things that I've done are so dark and so evil. And there's often, I don't know, I, I, I guess the way I, I try to, I try to explain why I believe it's so dark is because I was there. You know, like, I also have a very high standard of what I believe a life should look like. Uh, one that is in fellowship with God, especially, which I believe in God. And I know that I've had a real relationship with God. So I have a very, a very high standard of what I think it's supposed to look like and but, but outside of that, like, the level of darkness, um, I can, I can try to explain it with words, how twisted and dark it was, the things I was doing, but people just don't fully, can't fully understand it, and I think... I don't know. I mean, I think if there was the visualization part of it, that might um, they would maybe understand on a deeper level. But it's just it's just crazy how how your mind can be so manipulated when you're um, in a in a state where you've used alcohol or drugs, or even you're just caught in another addiction where your mind's trying to escape, it's wild what you 
the way you'll act, the things you'll say, the things that you'll do. In those, when you're when you're in that different state where your addiction is taken over, it's it's just hard to comprehend. Because like I I know how good God is, and that's a strange concept to bring up sometimes to people, especially when. I often, I often talk about pain and suffering and my own personal pain and suffering and other people's pain and suffering and how I don't understand it and I don't, yet I still very, I still have no doubt that there's a loving God despite the tremendous amounts of suffering that exist. And that's a little bit, it seems, a, a paradox, like a, a bit of a paradox. It, you know, like, how can there be so much suffering um, when there's a creator that's so good? And, I mean, from a biblical standpoint, my answer would be, Humans chose the had the ability to choose wrong or right. They choose they chose wrong. Wrong brought pain and suffering into this world. The pain and suffering was not going to be in this world, um, at least not in the same ways. If it was at all, I don't know. But that's the biblical a biblical uh, belief upon it. But from uh. I guess from a non-biblical standpoint, it just, I guess it is just the way it is. I don't know, I felt like I had more to say about the non-biblical standpoint, and then I kind of just lost where I was going with that. See, I've had experiences, and I've shared this experience, and I'll, I'll probably always talk about it until the day that I die. When I was, I was 19 years old, I had two broken hands, I had a concussion. Um, the girl I loved, I found out that we weren't going to be together. Um, the the my my dream job to fight probably wasn't going to happen because of uh, head injury and concussive symptoms that I was experiencing. Everything I thought life was about had come crumbling down around me, and I was completely broken and shattered. Went to a Christian conference my mom had been inviting me to for years. Never, on some level, I think I wanted, I was interested in the idea that um, there was maybe some kind of relationship that I could have with this higher power, with this God, with this loving being. But I was also just like 
feeling like I would have to completely change my life to have a relationship with this thing and I don't know, I wasn't ready. And at that point, I didn't even feel like I wanted to change my life. I just felt like I had nothing left. So it was like, all right, I'll go. And and my life was radically changed that night. The, the level of peace, love, joy, the only way I could describe it is pure ecstasy. Um, as a drug user, I mean, it was like pure ecstasy without any terrible side effects, but a natural ecstasy, something that I felt like I had been missing my whole life, and I finally, finally got to experience. And after that night, I felt like the whole question about the purpose of life was answered. And what it was, was to have a relationship with God, that... I realized that was the purpose, and I'd been missing out on that. And and every everything that I had gone to that conference missing, um, the girl, my hands, my career, um, my job as a fighter, which I never really had a career, but that's what I wanted to do, my, my ability to be a fighter, my... Everything that I felt that I wanted to be, it didn't matter anymore because the love and joy that I was experiencing was so much better than any good that I had experienced outside of that. And I always believed, and I feel like I still always knew on some level there was a God like kind of knew but kind of didn't but after that night and that weekend I I knew that without a without a shadow of a doubt and for the next 8 months I was infatuated with bible studies uh, prayer meetings reading my bible anything I could do to learn more about God and to draw closer to God, I did to the point where people were asking if I was in a cult. Um, people would mock me, tease me, and I was—I've always been a uh, a people pleaser, so it truly did bug me. Where it shouldn't have, but it did. I allowed it to. Decided to go back to drinking and using drugs. God told me not to. Felt very strongly in my soul not to. But I thought, one summer of partying, get my friends off my back. I'll do this God thing after. And, uh... Yeah, my my health issues happened the night after partying, and I've never been the same. And and it could lead to, it has led to like eight years of intense suffering. 
It could lead to me passing away far before when I would have. It could. It has led to me not living my life the way that I want. That I want to. It's led to this idea that because I'm in pain and because I'm suffering, God is probably angry at me until I'm no longer in pain and no longer suffering. And how can I have a relationship with God when he's always angry with me? Now, I don't believe that to be the truth. I believe it's a lie that I've believed. But nonetheless, it has greatly impacted my relationship with my with what I believe God is and I had an experience, and I I don't remember if this was before or after that eight-month period where my life radically changed. Thinking about it, I think it was before. And, and this wasn't the only experience I had where... Um, I'd use drugs and thought my life was over, but this was the most real experience that I had, where I was laying in my bed after a night of drinking and using cocaine, and it felt like my heart was going to stop, and I was trying to wake myself up, knowing that if I didn't wake myself up, I was going to die. And the next thing I knew, my soul was being was ripped out of my body and f flying through a dimension at a rate that I cannot even begin to describe. And how real this felt is so was so beyond anything that I can even describe. Like the way that I try to describe this experience to people was, it was like I was on a roller coaster. Um, you know when the roller coaster is just flying and you have the butterflies and the butterflies are super intense and you have no control of where that roller coaster is going. You're just in for the ride and you know it's a wild experience, but that's about it. It was like that, but the experience was like times... A hundred of what, maybe more than that, um, of the craziest roller coaster that I've ever that I'd ever been on, and it was it was soaring me upwards, what I what I believed was up, and but it was like I knew it was just my soul. I didn't have my body; it was just my soul, and I reached the top of this. Um, my surroundings were kind of like a yellowish, goldish color. Um, and when I hit the top, there was this bright yellow glowing, almost like a glowing orb. And uh, I knew it was God. Like, I couldn't see a figure. There, there was no physical shape that I could see. It was just this intense brightness where it was almost blinding but I had no eyes so 
I don't fully understand how it was blinding, but it's but it was. And uh, I knew that. I mean, like when my soul was soaring, I knew I had no control anymore. I knew that whatever was happening, my fate was going to be decided, and there was no actions that I could do anymore to try to change where 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 I was going, and I didn't know what that meant. And I and I, and during all this chaos and me. My soul reaching this um, this energy of this what I believe was God. I knew that I'd been drinking and using drugs, and I knew that that had caused um, this experience. I I didn't know I didn't know if I died or if um, my my other belief of what had happened is maybe this was. Um, the rapture, as the Bible has uh, talks about, the end times when God takes His people back. I, di I didn't know what was happening. I just knew it was so intense. And and when I reached that, there was no words exchanged. Um, I never felt like any. I I had any thoughts that were like relayed to me telepathically or anything like that. I just had this feeling like it wasn't my time or and, and I thought I was being judged and I didn't know what was going to happen but I felt like this no like this it's not this isn't right and I felt this weird sensation and the next thing I knew I was sitting up in my body with my heart racing so fast and I've always been a vivid dreamer um, I can remember so many so many different dreams, from apocalyptic dreams to um, pleasant dreams, that felt so so real. But nothing, no dream that I've ever had has ever compared to the experience I had in that 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 morning. So I still wonder to this day, was that a near death experience? Or was it just a really, really, really intense dream? I mean, I'll probably never know until I die. If I if I die and I'm having that exact same experience, then I guess I know that I probably died once already. And lately, I've just been, I mean, I'm coming up on six months without drinking or using, like, drugs. Um, I still take medication that I'm prescribed, and I still do use a plant called Kratom, which, uh, for pain, which has been demonized by mainstream media and it makes me nervous that I'm still taking it because I think it's similar to marijuana in the sense where it can help a lot of people um, but because it isn't regulated by the government and by the FDA and by the pharmaceutical companies 
No, but not, none of the big corporations are making money off it, so they want it to sound dangerous, and they want people not to be using or taking it, even though it's going to save, and it already has saved millions of lives. A lot of people haven't heard about it, but I remember watching a news uh, outlet on Kratom and how dark it was, and a news station was covering it, like a local news station in the United States. And they were saying it's just as bad as heroin and um, these other painkillers. Uh, I have first-hand experience with um, drugs, and I'm telling you, it's saying that Kratom is as dangerous as uh, heroin it's like saying weed is the same as crystal meth that you're getting from the street. It's like that comparison. Um, other than the fact that Kratom doesn't really get you high the same way that weed does. it You can feel the effects, but um, it's very mild. It's not... Um, it's not psychoactive, I believe is the term. I mean, like anything you, in this world, if you take too much of it, it can make you not feel well and can cause dizziness and stuff. And like anything you put in your body, there can be side effects, but it's a plant that if, if it's being used to treat pain or to treat a condition, it's far safer than so many things out there right now and if you legitimately do your own research and don't just read what comes up the first few things on google you'll learn and you and you actually hear about people's experiences that it's a far more positive thing especially during an opioid pandemic than it is a negative thing but and i've worried that if I pass away, because, I mean, I'm physically very, very ill, I'm in a lot of pain, there's times where my heart feels so not right, I don't know how I'm going to make it through another night. And, uh, and I worry that if I pass away, they're going to find Kratom in my system, and they're going to say, that's what caused my death. Um. And I'll know that that wasn't true, because how can, how can you know such a thing, Derek? Um, maybe that's just your fiction, trying to justify your actions. You know, I've been, I've been so ill before I ever touched Kratom, for years before I ever touched Kratom. Um, cripplingly ill and I've stopped as well for periods I just I just know that that's not the issue is it making my symptoms better or worse I, I don't know um, I don't know for sure I, it seems like it it makes them better but it's possible that it could make them worse. I'm not so stupid and naive. I think that this 
can only be doing good things. I, I do believe it could be helping in the long term, but I also think it could not be. But I know that it saved my life because without it, especially early on in recovery, there's no way I would not have gone back to booze or something more lethal. And booze is pretty dang lethal for me. Anyone that knows me knows that when I drink, it's uh, not not uh, good. Man, I just, I've been feeling like I need to be doing these podcast episodes because time is so short and I want to have left something behind if my time comes sooner than later that the people I love can go back and look at or listen to and something that I can help that can help make a positive impact on this earth. Because there's so many people I love that are suffering so deeply. It's like, I often wonder how, how, how can I help them? What can I do? What can I say? Um, I feel like I, I try to beat around the bush a lot rather than being direct with the people that I, that I know that I love that I f- feel are suffering. That I want to help, but I'm too much of a chicken to just be straight up and tell them my beliefs and what I believe could help them. I let my cowardice get in the way of potentially doing something and say, or saying something that could make a life-altering A life-altering moment that in this person's life that I truly love and care about, and it seems rather selfish. And it's because I don't want people to think of me as as of less, or um, people to think of me as this weird, out-to-lunch religious fanatic, which is wrong. I mean, it's my people-pleasing that brought me back into drugs and caused me immense amounts of suffering and now I'm still allowing people pleasing to people pleasing in my fear of what people think it's still causing me suffering just in a different way because I care so much about what people think of me I won't say what I feel like I should say and that causes suffering deep down knowing that I'm not that I are feeling like I'm not doing the right thing I'm not saying the right thing I'm not acting the right way um, and not that I want to act in front of my friends I want to be a manifestation of love and peace that comes from God so that they realize that there is more than just this to this world and to try to help give them hope I've just been such a disgusting human being at times. I feel like, how is that my place to be that person? Be this, um, to almost act as if I'm some sort of saint. Um, I'm 
almost the farthest thing from, or I, ha I mean, I at least have been pretty much the farthest thing from. You name the sin, and I, I have um, indulged on some level with almost everything. I mean, not everything, but in a, in, in many sins, I have, and I still struggle with things today though it's not booze and drugs um there's a lot of other ways that an addiction can manifest and there's a lot of other gross things that a, a human being is capable of and it's far less uh what's the term that i would use Far less obvious, far less, um, far less uncommon. The the things that I'm now battling with, but evil is uh, still evil. Wrong is still wrong, and I still feel disgusted with myself on some level for. being the person that I am and struggling with the things that I am and not really breaking through and changing the way that I know that I should. See, I'm, I'm already regretting not doing more podcasts because whether this is something anyone's ever going to listen to, whether it's going to help anyone or not, I don't know, but the amount of, um, relief that I'm getting for myself just by venting and speaking these things out it's quite um, it's just it's just bringing a lot of relief to the suffering that I was just experiencing and I know I have to do this more often because uh, time is short for one and like I, I want to leave something behind um, but it just it makes me realize that maybe the biggest issue that I'm having isn't that God hasn't forgiven me which is a fear that I hold on to but that to experience God, I need to take some action, and um, doing this podcast and um, sharing it for people to listen to if they want, and I'm not really going to go out of my way to promote this, but, well, who, who knows, maybe I will if I feel, if I feel to, but just knowing that there's something out there that can maybe help people that my sufferings and my my experiences aren't just going to waste and they're not just residing inside of me for no one to have access to you know i i think about um my little cousins and my nephews and nieces and I think about some of my friends that are still in active addiction and um, just just people in general that are struggling. And it doesn't have to be with addiction 
or mental health, just struggling in life and feeling like there's no hope that maybe my experiences can give somebody some hope. Maybe the things that I've been through can give somebody hope and whether it's God, Jesus, um, that connection to the Holy Spirit, um, or just belief in something greater than themselves, you know, um, just, just a belief that no matter how bad things are and how much you're suffering, that things can get better. If I can do that and help people, um, then my suffering's not in vain. And not only, not only is it maybe not in vain, but maybe it's a good thing. Though it doesn't feel like a good thing, because um, I'm telling you the amount of physical, um, mental, and uh, I guess emotional, spiritual suffering that I deal with on um, a regular basis is not something I would wish upon anybody. Because I, I truly believe humans are amazing, and I want to love people to the greatest of my ability, and I don't. I don't. Um, I get caught in myself and my own b bitterness, depression, anger, frustrations, instead of having faith in God. And I know that's not right. God, I just, I, I just thank you for this life. Um, I thank you that I'm still here. I thank you that I'm still alive despite uh, all the pain and suffering that I've been through. Uh, a lot of it's self-inflicted. I, I thank you for every breath. I thank you for every heartbeat, God. And I just ask that anybody that might be listening to this, that you would help. You would help allow it to impact their life for good. God, that you would give them hope. Um, if they're struggling with something that has them feeling like they're in bondage or chained, God, that you would you would break those chains, God, that you would you would free them from depression, anxiety, addiction, um, any mental health issue that they might be struggling with, grief, with loss, with God, with whatever it is that this person might be struggling with, I just, God, I just ask that you would touch their heart, that you would speak to them, Holy Spirit, that you would be with them, Lord. Um, I thank you for your love, and I thank you for your peace. And I thank you that you know more than we could ever comprehend and that this life isn't everything that there is, that there is something more. God, help help me and help other people to use the time that we have on this earth the best that we can.
I thank you for who you are. I I know there's so many people are suffering right now during this during this pandemic, during this really unstable and seemingly chaotic time um, in history, which there's been plenty of unstable times, and so far this one probably really isn't close to what other people have experienced, but um, still, it's, it's still very difficult. For many people, God, I just, I just pray for people, God, that whose lives have been radically impacted from um, COVID, from from whether it be the lockdowns or the virus itself, that you would strengthen people, that you would give people hope, and you would give people strength to keep on fighting. Uh, through whatever it is that they're fighting for. Whatever it is that they're fighting with God. That you would be with them. And Jesus. I just pray this in your name. Amen. See I was not really expecting to do a prayer during that. I have this thing where I'm trying not to be. Trying not to be fake. I guess. I'm trying not to be too. Uh, quote unquote religious. Because I want my content to be able to speak to anybody. I don't want it to just be for somebody that um, considers himself a Christian. I want it to be applicable for anybody going through anything. But this just came out the way it came out. And I believe hopefully it came out the way it was supposed to. It's weird because I've been dredging doing this podcast. Like, not dredging, but I've just been putting it off, procrastinating, and just feeling more and more anxious about doing it. And now I'm finally doing it, and I'm like, why haven't I been doing it? And that is really the story of my life. I put something off for a really long time, and then I finally do it. And then I feel so much better, and then I wonder why I waited so long. And then I do it again. Us human beings are really imperfect and um, peculiar creatures, I guess I would say. If you listened, um, I hope you got something that helps you. I know just doing this podcast has helped bring me some peace, so I thank you. Um, I love you. I hope that whatever you're going through gets better. And if you need somebody, you can message me. I can tr- I can be flaky, but I usually always try to get back, especially if, you know I get a few messages. And I kind of know the context of what's going on. I will do my best to make sure I get back to you. But And thank you for listening to another episode of the tragedy, uh, the tragedy of time. Thanks. Bye.